Grace be unto you and peace from God, our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who justifies us in the blood of Christ. Our text today taken from the seventh chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. But I'll read these words and then also give you an understanding of what they say in the original language. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged, it says here that God's way was right, but acknowledged or justified God, it says in the text, because they had been baptized by John. Here ends our text. Please proceed. We have to dig out those words, justified, because that word is such a key and marvelous word that Martin Luther and those great reformers 500 years ago recognized its, its significance, its importance. It's a forensic word, they say, a, a word that you kind of get from the courtroom. When the judge looks at the evidence and finds you to be innocent, he justifies you. When you are guilty, but there is a pardon or a verdict that comes down that says no longer is this crime to be held against you, you're being justified. Our text today speaks in a sense of three kinds of justification. One is the justification that God does to us. That is to say, when God declares us to no longer be condemned for our sin, when he removes that forensic, that judicial verdict and declares us to be innocent of what it is that we have done. That's justification by God. Then there is this thing called justification by the people because actually in our text it says when all those tax collectors heard these things, they justified God. That is to say, in the text translation is somewhat illuminating because it says that God's way is right. In other words, when the cross of Christ comes into our life and we ask ourselves, why, God, are you doing this? And in the end, we come to recognize that it all has to do with God's salvation by grace through faith. This is not our own doing. It's a gift from God. That we say, oh, it's not by works. It's only by grace. And we therefore declare God to be the one who is innocent in our sight. Otherwise, we blame him for what has happened to us in our life. No, God's way, it may be there's a way that our flesh doesn't like it, but we recognize that God's way is right. And then there's a third justification in our text. And it comes at the very end. It says, wisdom is justified by our children. That's what it means there when it says that, well, wisdom is something that proves itself to be right, but wisdom is justified by your children. That is to say that from the very things that come from what we believe, that when we are justified by God and we believe this, when we justify God for his way of doing things, that something happens to us, that this wisdom leads to deeds, actions, works that prove 
our faith. And that wisdom is therefore justified by what comes from it. Well, let's talk for a minute about this first kind of justification where God declares or reckons us. There's a kind of a story here in this text that might be somewhat illuminating to us about how this works. Jesus was on his way to a city called Nain. It was kind of up in a high plateau, far away, kind of a small town. Nathaniel was probably from there, but so Jesus goes there and on his way into the city, out comes a delegation of people carrying a beer and on that beer, a young man and that mother following who has just lost her only son. Jesus has compassion upon this woman and he walks up to this bier with the dead body of the boy and he says, I say unto you, arise. And his life returns back to his soul, his soul returns back to his body and he rises up and Jesus gives him back to his mother. Now, we raise the question, what is it that made that boy come back to life? It was because Jesus spoke the word and he declared something to be that was not what it was by nature. He said, arise, and he came back to life. That's how it is that God treats us. His word says something that reason cannot comprehend. His word declares something that we cannot see. His word declares and says that we are no longer guilty in the sight of God. And that word creates not only our status before God, but it also creates the very faith to believe that promise from God. Justification by grace through faith. That is to say, it is not something that we deserve. It is not something that we earn. It is something that God does for us. A verdict where his word declares us to be something we are not. The second kind of justification is our justification of God. Why does God need to be justified? Because God's way of making us into his children, the God's way of saving us, is something which is so contrary to our own reason and sense as well. Paul says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. What did he mean by this, this way of the cross? It means that the pathway, the way that God has chosen to save us by means of this suffering Christ, this lowly, humble Jewish man who lived some 2,000 years ago, the way that he brought about the salvation of the world and atoned for all sin, such foolishness. And yet, when we come to see that he died for us and for our sins, that's when we come to recognize that God's way is the right way and we justify God. Years ago, 
as some of you are as antique as I am, might remember on TV that they had something called the dating game. And you would have a bachelor or a bachelorette that would come out and there would be three of the opposite sex on the other side of a screen and the person would have to ask questions so that just merely from the voice of the person they would choose somebody who is going to be their date. Of course, the idea being that somehow only by the voice, by the answers, you would come to recognize the quality, if you will, of the person. God puts us into the dating game too. That is to say, he hides behind a veil. He entered into the lowliness of our human nature. He was born in a stable. He was a person who suffered. He was a person who was rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows. And yet, we listen to his voice. And when we come to recognize that he entered into this world, not to call the righteous, but to call sinners to repentance, and we hear those words as sinners, we come to recognize and see that indeed he is the God who has come for our salvation and his way is the right way and we justify him. Jesus, of course, recognizes that there are some who don't necessarily appreciate that way and those were perhaps also the disciples of John the Baptist. In this text we're told that John the Baptist's disciples were sent by John to Jesus. Are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? In other words, John's in prison and he is suffering in prison, about to die. Is that the way that you treat your own children? And Jesus, instead of trying to justify himself, at that time, he brings people, he heals people, he gives all kinds of dispensations of his physical healing to people, but he says in the end, he says, the dead are raised and the good news is preached to the poor. The good news, the gospel is preached to the poor. That is, those who have no deeds with which they could claim God's favor. The good and the wonderful news is that God has in Christ reconciled the whole world to himself and he no longer is charging and holding men's sins against them. That's why we are told that the tax collectors and all the people justified God. Now, of course, there's the third kind of justification, which is a little different. He said, wisdom is justified by her children. This works somewhat like this in our normal and everyday life. Don't we do this? That sometimes what we do is we look to people's children as a way of being able to know what kind of parents they were or are, right? If you find children that are respectful and humble and joyful, and helpful you look at their parents and you say boy they did a great job must be really great people and if you run into children that are snotty and proud and sullen and selfish you look at that and you say i wonder what kinds of parents that they had of course kids have their own wills don't they and as a result of it, we're not always as parents guilty, and sometimes we tremble if we think that our children are going to be an indication of who we are. But 
our question before us is, do good works flow out of people who think that they earn their salvation, that they do good deeds like the Pharisees? Or are these humble and holy works of God things that flow out of those who have received God's grace? The Pharisees, we are told, rejected the baptism of John the Baptist. You want to know why? It's because Pharisees didn't think that they had any sins that need to be forgiven. Pharisees thought they were going to be earning their way into heaven by their own works and deeds. They were so holy that God would look upon them and he would just be stunned at how amazing they were. And yet when Jesus came, he embraces these tax collectors and these sinners and these prostitutes, these people who were outcasts, these people who had never been able to do anything righteous in their life. And somehow those people embraced him while the self-righteous did not. Jesus also pointed out something else, that not only did they find him, embrace him, love him, but their lives were transformed and they changed. And he says, wisdom is justified by her children. That is to say that when we see that so-called good works come from those who understand God's grace and mercy. It proves, again, that salvation must be by grace through faith in God's justifying verdict. And when those who believe that they are justified by their own works and by their own deeds are filled with pride and arrogance as they were, that that too tells us that this is not the way and not the path of salvation. It is not the way that we are saved. Sinners who come to him deserving nothing go away filled. And those who come to him so full of themselves go away empty. So sometimes we need to look at God's justifying verdict, his justification of us, in a kind of a backwards way. We have to sometimes, like an artist who looks at the painting and then looks back at the object of the painting, we look at our works and we ask ourselves whether or not these works are a reflection of the God of grace who has loved us. Those works are always going to be imperfect. But the question is, are those works the ostentatious, phony works of the Pharisees? Or are they the humble works, the works of joy, the works that are helpful in service to our neighbor? Well, we offer to God our hearts today, not as snotty children, but we offer them as fruits, as responses to the undeserved kindness and favor of God. And when they are the responses to the undeserved favor and kindness of God given to us in Christ, they are the wonderful works that God accepts. That's why we love that word justification. We love that word because it's a word about grace, about what God has done in justifying us, declaring us to be innocent completely apart from any works which we have done. That indeed he has justified us and that this is something that comes to us by faith.
it is because of this wonderful grace that we then in turn justify God for having given us a Redeemer and a Savior apart from any merit or worthiness, but a Savior who comes to us in ways that we don't always understand and uses a cross even to afflict us in ways that we don't understand. But when we recognize that those crosses God has sent for the purpose of driving us back to God and His grace, that's when we justify God. And finally, what wonderful grace that God in his infinite wisdom has chosen to work in us his good works and deeds, his good works and deeds, by the way in which he has so freely justified us. Respectful, humble, and joyful, we have come to now been able to, we've been able to live our lives. That's what it means to be justified by grace, what it means for us to justify God, and what it means for our works to justify this wonderful grace of God. In his holy name, we give thanks. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.